Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to make time to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and we have entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses, and we have the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and keep your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we and our guest experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure to subscribe. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated, and you will be immediately immersing yourself in over two years of awesome entrepreneurial and business creation education. As entrepreneurs and as business owners, we find that we are programmed for a lifestyle and a work method that is a little bit different than what the entrepreneur can look for. If you didn't start in entrepreneurship, if you started with a job or you started on a career path, working your way up the ladder or working your way through the corporate hustle, you find that some of the expectations include that you'll be in your office or available between such and such a time and such and such a time, that you're going to get this thing called a performance evaluation that's going to give you the exact dollar amount that they had already decided they were willing to give you, and they're going to structure your feedback around justifying that dollar amount rather than the other way around. Uh, You're going to find that your relative value as a human being is assessed by your position on an organizational chart, and you're also going to discover that you have the opportunity to move and make an advancement in your career when somebody else says that there's an opportunity available. Now, while there are some on the call who are going to argue with me or going to say that this is not really true, and we do have some people in our business creators community who work with these types of workplace issues and work to create a better world, unfortunately, what I just described all too often is perceived as a reality. And when we transition into entrepreneurship, we kind of expect the same thing. And the good news for you is, is that you can turn any self-doubt and any frustration that you are experiencing into a life that you can love. You don't need a sob story to follow your dream. You don't have to wait for that aha moment that life is too short before going after what you really want. Believe in yourself and watch your dreams turn into reality. Now, I know that may sound kind of broad, but we're going to narrow it down and turn it into something that you can implement and use at the top of the hour as soon as we're done. So if you're finding it hard to remove frustrations from your life, and and struggle to overcome self-doubt and fear, the only thing you need to do is do something. And you're already doing something by being tuned into the Business Creators Radio Show. And I'm very excited to introduce Petra Monaco of UnusualBits.com, who's going to share with us on this topic today. Now, just to tell you a little bit about Petra before we dive into this, Petra Monaco is the creator of the Jump Up and Shine program, supporting women defining their dream and exploring their why so they can get ready to take action. She teaches women how to set boundaries to create the freedom they want with love, nurture, connection, and with creativity from the soul. She's the author of Lennon Steps and Betrayal the Journey. 
Petra's real-life events as a foster child and mom of a special-needs son continue to give her life adversity, which she masters with ease. And she's going to share with you some of these insights today. Petra writes weekly at www.petramonico.com, where women go for advice, inspiration, and motivation to jump up and shine. And you can find her on pretty much every social media network known to mankind. Petra, welcome aboard. Hi. Thank you for having me today. Uh, The pleasure is entirely mine. Uh, I'm looking forward to this fantastic time with you today. But what I'd like to do is, before we dive in, let's take a step back and give those of our audience who haven't had a chance to get to know you yet a little bit of insight about what has brought you to where you are today. Ooh, that could be forever. Um, <laughs> All right. But I'll keep it short and brief. And so I grew up in foster care since I was two and struggled primarily of finding my own identities through, you know, growing up. Um, and I moved to the States, oh gosh, in 93, so I'm originally from Germany, and right. moved into a world I had known nothing about. I didn't even know English very well. And just trying to find my own place in this new world that I lived in. Um, and so as I emerged as this new person, I created dreams. I'm an artist, and so I wanted to sell my art. I had no idea how to do it, um, and just sort of exploring, where can I sell my art, where can I sell my art? Um, my youngest son was then diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder and underwent years of um, medical difficulties before we found our, you know, balance of happiness. In <laughs> uh, doing this process, I went through school and earned a degree in mental health um, to help people because I was a foster kid, but then realized that I much more flourished in coaching and helping people achieve their own dreams versus fixing the past. Of course. <laughs> so that's where I am today. Just so, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, what I'm hearing is sort of a repeating theme of you know, life doesn't always give us what we're looking for, and life is too short, so we just need to move forward. Now, there are those that argue that life is actually not short; that life is very long. Because life continues even after we pass on from this world and the memories and how we influence those who we leave behind. Sure. And I'm all about leaving a legacy. Right. (laughs) And have people remember me about who I am and what I bring to this world. But I think um, when we talk about that, it's really about being present in the moment, not how much long it's going to be and that we're still going to be around for another 50 years, but really that we are living right here, right now. Um, in this very moment where we can just, you know, be happy and not have the struggle of figuring it all out. Right. Precisely. And <laughs> I think and I think that's what one of the things I really want our listeners to hear today, uh, which is that, you know, you only have so much time to create your legacy. And if you're looking at your life right now and you're wondering what you're going to leave behind and what you are paying forward to help others, uh, there are two times two optimal times that you can make the change, and one of which was 20 years ago, and the other is right now. Uh, Absolutely. If you you need to get from point A to point B, and you're still at point A, you know how you get closer to point B? Take a step in that direction. And that's absolutely correct. Um, One of the challenges, and I'm a multi-passionate person, I think we always get stuck on focusing on one thing. Right. That but it needs to be perfect and it needs to be the right time. But the right time is right now because if you wait till tomorrow, you've missed an opportunity. You know, 
in my in my business uh, here at HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, uh, we largely specialize in managing product and book launches. We find this with almost all of our clients. Uh, we get into the launch, and then we find out we need, need to make some real time adjustments. And those are the best clients to work with, and those are the ones we get the best results with. And the reason why is because these are the types of clients who are open to the idea that we're going to do everything that we reasonably can to put the best foot forward when we open the doors. But at the same time, we also recognize that the most important action to take is to move forward, because the only way you know how your launch is going to perform is to fill in the blank. Right. Take action. <laughs> to launch. Yes. To launch. I can. Right. I can. I can have a conversation with somebody for a year about email sequencing, what the sales video is supposed to look like, um, what's in the sales letter, um, whether it's going to, you know, you know, based on are we copying every single best practice and following the formula and everything else. And when you really come down to it, the only thing you can gain is a reasonable level of 50% certainty that there's a great chance that things are going to work out based on what you have in terms of the data and the experiences up until now. Uh, beyond that, what you need to do is open the doors and let people tell you. Uh, they may tell you with their wallets by giving you a bunch of money. They may tell you with their wallets by not giving you a bunch of money. We have had launches where uh, we really have had the server shut down because so many people hit the site at once. Uh, I mean, because you see that with launches all the time. They say, our server melted. Sorry, come back again. And most of the times it's BS. We've had that actually happen. And this was with the client having a dedicated server. So it is possible. On the other hand, we've constructed beautiful launches that didn't sell a single thing, and then we rebooted them and then sold like gangbusters. But the only way we ever would have found out was to get out there and make it happen. Exactly. And I think so many people get stuck in their planning. Like, they have this dream. And I found myself in this situation myself, that's why I know, is that I had this dream to sell my art, and I got stuck in the planning and planned and planned and planned and planned and planned some more but nothing was moving forward. And when, when I started posting my first product online, that was my action. It's making right. it available to the people, right? right. Um, because I was no longer hiding it from people. <laughs> and so by doing that action, you're now opening new doors. You're sharing with people whatever your gift or your product is, whatever you want, you know, whatever you're in business for. Right. Um, but you have to move through that planning stage. And I get it. You want it to be perfect, but um, there's no such thing. <laughs> Perfection doesn't exist because things always change, always evolve, and it will never be the right time if you wait right. for the perfect moment. Right. What I like to tell people all the time is if you wait until you have everything perfectly lined up, you have the right messaging, the right technology, the right layout, the right everything, before you put something out to the world, literally five minutes before you hit send, some other guru is going to come out with some email linked to some launch that says, oh, no, that way is entirely wrong. I tried it before, and here's why it didn't work. Now I have this other system, and if you want to buy it and do this instead, then you can gladly hold back your launch for two weeks. Now there comes a time when you listen to great advice. There comes a time when you engage in continuing education. There's a time when you have to get out there and make the dream happen. Right, and I think, and I see this in my world as a coach. I there's so many coaches with all the similar great ideas, same mindset, same everything. It comes down to believing in you and in your product or your service. Yes. 
Yeah. And if you don't believe in what you do, then you might as well not bother. So you always have to believe because there is another person who does exactly what you do or presents the same thing as you do. Of course. Um, so you have to believe in not only who you are, be confident that you have something to give, and then just do it anyway, despite the fact that there's five other billion people doing the exact same thing. Here, here's what I here's what I tell people, and then we have another question we have to move on to here, is that there is really nothing new under the sun. It is almost impossible for you to create something that's original because pretty much everything at this point has been thought of and has been attempted. But what nobody else can do anywhere within the same range as you can is deliver it through your message and through your experience. Right, nobody exactly. can do it the way you do it. And I, yeah, and that's exactly it. My experience is very different from somebody else's. My challenges and adversity is very different from somebody else's. And that's what I bring to the table, a different perspective. Yes, completely agreed. Uh, I think that's exactly <laughs> what, we, what we need to think about. So our listeners who tune in every week to the Business Creators Radio Show can hear the drum roll in the background because they know what I'm going to ask next. And here it comes. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything we recommend they do except time and money. Now, this is a question we ask every expert who appears on Business Creators Radio Show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Peter, how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today? Oh, time and money. Um, <laughs> Time is relative. Again, I was in the very beginning pressured and focused and comparing myself to other people and sort of figuring my way out in a DUI kind of way. But right. when I started taking a step back and really started living my day the way I wanted to live my day versus on how other people said I should live my day, <laughs> that was what the shift created. And clients showed up, the money showed up, that I could then return into investing in myself and in my business and provide for my family. Right. I think when we start really honoring how we want to live every day, that's where the shift and the change happens, and time and money becomes relative. Of course. Of course. And I, I think that, you know, when we think, we think about that, uh, you know, time and money do play a role because you're not going to get any more time. The reality is that we are not in a dress rehearsal. This is the real thing. This is life. Uh, if you believe in reincarnation or you believe that there may, may be other lives, you know, great for you. And I know a lot of people that believe that way. And I, and I think that there is some validity to the idea that we may come back and we may go through the universe in multiple different cycles. I'm, I'm totally for that. But I asked those same people, do you remember exactly what you did every moment of your previous life? And usually they have a vision and they have a clue, but they can't tell you what their name was, what exactly they did, or even exactly when they were born and when they died. They may seem to have a, a series of memories that pertain to a specific period in history, which means it's likely that's when they lived last, but they don't know for sure, which means once you pass on from your current life, you don't know what's going to happen next. And, right. there, and if there is reincarnation and there is another life, it's not going to be a to-be-continued of what you're doing right now. It's going to be something different. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we come into this life, if we believe in reincarnation in that way, that to do, experience different things. And so we'll come back as different personas, personalities, even animals and what have you. 
Um, and I think that's why when we allow our day to go the way we want to and the way we feel feels good, then that's where we make that little shift. Right. I don't like getting up early in the morning. I do it because my kids have to go to school. But right. then my day goes into like a more of an ease. You know, I take my time drinking my coffee, getting my stuff set for the day because that's how I want to start my day. Right. And that allows me to be more focused, more be in the moment when I get on calls with clients or work on whatever it is that I'm working on. It's just I allow it to flow and I go with the moment and I take off the pressure that um, especially social media can do for you. It's like we have all that pressure of to perform a certain way. We know that from working in a nine-to-five. <laughs> and when we let go of that pressure – then things just become much easier, division becomes more clearer, and we're really able to just then turn our dreams into reality with a lot more ease that way. Yeah, my, my day doesn't my day doesn't really start until <laughs> I complete a, a certain ritual, and I take that extremely yeah. seriously because if I just jump in, then I'm already at a loss. It's like I'm already running to catch up, and I haven't even gotten started yet. Uh, right, exactly. I, 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 I do uh, start fairly early in, in the morning here. Uh, the conditions in Las Vegas are very conducive to that because uh, our position on the very eastern edge of the Pacific time zone means the sun comes up a little bit earlier. So we have natural light sooner. Uh, I have a building. Uh, I live in a building that faces on the sunrise, which helps as well. And uh, what I also enjoy is... Uh, that there are some things that I do after I awaken. You know, I like to have my breakfast, I like to have my meditation, and uh, usually, uh, you know, right, you know, right after I complete, uh, you know, my shower and getting ready, my cats will want to spend some quality time with me. I don't know why that is, but uh, they'll be, you know, running around, meowing, jumping up on the furniture, uh, wanting me to pet them and give them their belly rubs and everything. So that's also part of it too, is getting to spend some time with my cats. Uh, all these things need to happen before I even look at business. Right, exactly. And I think and there's two points to it. Some people enjoy getting up super early and getting started before the crack of dawn and more power to them. Um, I am not one of those. I like to take my time in the morning before I get started. Like I said, I have kids to get ready after school, and so that helps me wake up, transition into my work day. Right. And then, you know, I have a set time where I stop. I don't work all hours of the night. Right. <laughs> I, I think people think that that's what we have to do in order to create our dream. It's that we have to work all the time, 16, 18 hours a day. And that's not even realistic because you have to take care of yourself in the process. And if you burn yourself out, uh, you might as well shut the door on your dream. So I don't follow a strict routine in that reference, but I just allow it to go with the flow. And usually I'm in bed by 930 because I like sleep. Yeah, that's that's that's, you know? that's very that's very important. You got to you got to get your rest, and you got to got to engage in self care as well. Other things about me is uh, I, you know, you know what they say about entrepreneurs that you know we will gladly work in eighty, you know, we'll gladly work eighty hours a week to avoid having a forty hour a week job. And I think there's some truth to that because uh, I am very, very, uh, shall we say, vehement about not being locked into a specific schedule. I mean, sure, if there's a deadline or something has to happen by such and such a time, I, you know, I I make that happen, but it's, you know, I don't really like schedule certain things down to the minute. What I do is I schedule things in 3-hour blocks. So I know that within this next 3 hours, I'm going to accomplish maybe it's one thing, maybe it's two things. See, I have a 3-hour plan, a day plan, and a week plan. 
And if you ask me anything at any given time, I don't see any further than the next three hours because that's, right. just, that's how I do it. Um, unless there are, there's actual money hemorrhaging somewhere, uh, whatever it is can certainly wait between uh, one minute and three hours. Uh, and then after I finish that three hours, then I create another block of things to do for the next three hours. And maybe I throw something else in that just came in, or maybe I, you know, maybe I change the type of energy that I'm dealing with for the next three hours, because you know, maybe I have the type of energy that's conducive to copywriting. Maybe I have the type of energy that's conducive to strategy. Uh, maybe I have the type of energy that's conducive to, uh, to maximizing on social media, because our energy also changes throughout the day, and we can't always predict when that's going to be. Yeah, and I, I agree, and I do similar type of week. I, I do two-hour focus batch content or batch time, I guess is what I would say. And it's two-hour focus. You know, it could be writing. It could be product development. It could be two hours to do, like, that one thing. But I allow myself flexibility because if I feel like running instead, then I'll go running. Right. <laughs> and then I'll just come back to it and just kind of shift my schedule around that way so yep. that I – Always do what feels good because I absolutely, if it doesn't feel good, it's not happening. I refuse to push myself through activities and engagement that doesn't feel good to me. Um, right. It was one of the first things I learned as an entrepreneur is to always do what feels good. Yes, there's some tasks I don't like, like bookkeeping, but I've delegated that, so I don't have to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> So I always do what feels good. And if I sit down for my two-hour writing time, I feel like, you know what, I should probably go running instead to shift my own energy first, then that's what I'll do and not come back to do that. Yes, yes, that, that, that's absolutely correct. Uh, one, one phrase that I just really enjoy when people use it is when they say, you need to. I say, really, do I? I don't feel that need. <laughs> I know eventually I'm going to, you know, my, my life in this world is going to end. And I'm pretty sure that if I don't pay my taxes, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. But other than death and taxes, there's really nothing I need to do. The other word is should. Should. Oh, yeah. Should. Based you on should what? do this. Um, I'm sorry. I run my business the way I want, and I post on social media however I want, not what other people tell me I should do. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, once we let go of those words, though, then we – Again, it goes back to the way we want to flow our own life and our day and just how we want to be in this world. Right. Exactly. Another example is, um, is uh, you know, I sometimes will do webinars or hangouts or periscopes or blabs or whatever technology they're going to come up with within the next two weeks. Oh, yeah, there's Zoom as well. I mean, there's so many of these. Uh, yeah. And I have had people... Uh, tell me that it's completely unprofessional that they can see my cats on the video. And my reaction to that is my cats live here and my cats work here. If you don't like it, change the channel. I don't care. Absolutely. And I yeah. think, um, you know, I don't do many videos of Periscope because it's not really my forte at the, right. at the moment. Um, but my house is my house and my office is my office. It is set up the way I love it and the way I want it. And if I do a video and take selfies or what have you, I'm sharing with you who I am as a person. Yes. And that's what that is about. So what if your cat comes up? I don't, my kid, you, when I'm in a Zoom conversation, my kid will come into the conversation because she's just saying, hi, everybody. Yeah. That's real life. To pretend that doesn't exist in the world of business is crazy <laughs> because we all are people. That's right. And we all have lives and we all have 
you know, animals or people, humankind that um, engage with us even in our work schedule. And so I'm pretty transparent about how my workspace is set up. People like it. People don't like it. Frankly, I don't care. Right. <laughs> right, right. Because last time I checked, Andrew, that's your workspace. Just, yeah, just, it is my workspace. And yeah. it makes me feel good. It makes me focus. It helps me, you know, whatever it is that I'm working on. And I have my studio and my office in the same space, two different desks, but it's all in one space because that's who I am. Right. And it's colorful and crazy and fun. Because that's right. you know my personality. Yeah, you know, you know, there, there, there's something that uh, uh, you know. I'm actually in the process, of, you know, as I can get to it because I have so many things going on, of getting rid of a lot of my furniture. The reason being is I bought the furniture a couple years ago when I first moved to Las Vegas when I thought my lifestyle was going to be different than how it turned out. And uh, while that, may, that stuff may have served me at one time, mostly what it's doing now is I'm tripping over it. Um, I moved into, after my first year in Las Vegas, um, the place I was living in was actually too big for me, and it was like one big giant room. So I moved into an apartment that has character and has shapes and has lots of little rooms in it, which is more how I prefer to live. So with all this furniture, I'm basically tripping over it all the time. And two-thirds of it I never use except when I'm cleaning around it. So it serves serves me nothing. Um, Common question that people ask me is, well, what about when you have people over? Where are they going to sit? And I said, who said I'm having anybody over? Exactly. I love it. I, I have very little company in my home. It's my sanctuary. Right, And it's not that people don't come over, but I'm very selective and very specific about who I invite into my space. Yep. Um, and so usually we hang out in my office anyway. <laughs> so, right. And I have seating, and that's fine. Um, but it's my sanctuary, and I'm very protective over my own space. Um, my youngest son with immune suppression issues, I have to make sure that I'm not bringing diseases into the home. Right. <laughs> you know, it's um, not because I don't want people over. It's, I'm choosing not to. Um, I'd rather meet them outside for coffee somewhere um, and have a conversation there. The energy is very different outside of those than in my own space. Yeah. That, that, that's, so I get that, it. Yep. That's how it, is, that's how it is with me. I view the place where I live as a sanctuary. Now, there are select people who I will gladly have over, and the chances are we're probably going to go out on the balcony. There, I have yeah. furniture. There, I have a nice layout because I spend a lot of time out there myself. Pretty much every moment that it's neither too hot nor too cold to be out there, that's where you'll find me. And I, and, I have, right. and I have this thing known as the laptop lifestyle when it comes to work. I can be in my home office. In fact, I'm in it right now. I can be out on the balcony. I can be somewhere else. Uh, I have things set up so that I can work pretty much anywhere I want. One of the things that really sustains me, especially when I have a long day and I have a lot of stuff to get done, what energizes me and keeps me moving for amounts of time that even I sometimes can't believe is knowing that I can change my venue whenever I need to change a venue. Because every couple hours, if you just change your surroundings, that gives you a new level of energy that enables you to keep going. If you sit, if you sit, if you sit in the same chair, look at the same screen in the same room for hour after hour after hour, that's where you get tired. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think a lot of us who are entrepreneurs working from our home, laptop lifestyle kind of the way, we feel like, you know, we need to be in our office and in our home. Well, I spend so much time in this room. I, I see the same thing. I know exactly where everything is. But then your energy gets stagnant, and then the self-doubt and the mindset and the negative thoughts come in because you're not seeing the progress because you're in that same space. 
And I make it a habit of leaving my home once or twice a week to work out of a coffee shop. Um, right. That's two minutes from my house. Um, it gives me, you know, not just visibility with other people in my community, but it shifts the energy where I'm like, this is what I'm working on while I'm at the coffee shop because it doesn't need that much attention into detail where I'm like, I'm just going to do social media for the next two hours, and that's great because I can focus on that while I'm in my community yeah. versus the other, you know, the more difficult stuff that needs my focus I need to do from home. But I've worked out of my bedroom. On the weekends, I'll move my entire office, well, my computers, and move it into my bedroom and I work out of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the luxury I have as a business owner is that I can work out of my bed if I want to, and it feels good, and that's, I don't have to sit in my chair for eight hours. There there are times when um, I'll be in my bed and I'll have the laptop with me and what have you, and I'll be getting ready to get up and move around, and next thing you know, uh, one or both of my cats decide that they want to they want to be cuddly and affectionate, and they have this knack for knowing just when I'm getting ready to get up that they will that they will surround me and swarm me, and it's irresistible. And the way I look at it is like, okay, I'll stay on the laptop here and uh, just you know lay down next to me. I'll pet you. It's all good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I usually get a kid attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I get a kid attack. Mom, it's time for a hug attack. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And then we'll hang out for a while before he does his own thing. And, but I'm still, you know, I'm watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever because it's, I'll have it all set up and it's comfortable and it's fun. And, yeah, my business. I run right. it my, wherever I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that is the thing. That, that drives all of this. And this is kind of a foundation that we're laying here. I know this feels like a little bit of a segue for our audience from what the original topic of this interview is supposed to be. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to spend some time laying some groundwork with some mindset ideas and some outlook ideas so that people can see the lens through which we're going to be viewing this topic. It's the idea of being able to do things on your own terms that may or may not match other people's expectations because ultimately the expectation that matters most is your own of yourself. Right. If you're, if you're not fulfilling that, you're going to be in a place where it's very difficult for you to fulfill much of anything. You're going to be out of alignment and out of integrity and away from your energy on it, and that's just not going to work out for you. Uh, people who work with me as clients find that um, as they get to know me, there's a piece of me that they have to kind of figure out as they go along because uh, I don't always explain it and I can't always explain it. Um, an example would be uh, sometimes I'll have a client, we'll be in the middle of a promotion or in the middle of a campaign, and suddenly I go dark on him. And they're thinking, well, <laughs> shouldn't he be communicating with me? Isn't he running this whole show? The reason I'll do that is because I have this uncanny, intuitive sense of knowing when somebody is on the edge of a breakthrough and I need to completely back away from them and let them have it. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I just sit back. Sometimes it takes usually never more than 24 hours, but some, sometimes as quickly as th- you know an hour or two. Uh, I did this just recently with a client where I just disappeared on her for a day. Uh, I was actually right here. If there was some emergency, all she had to do was uh, was pick up the phone or send an email. But it, you know, the, it was actually was of an urgent nature. And I did read the email she sent me, but I didn't respond to it for a day because I knew – that she was on the verge of something. I saw in her comments, and I, and I got a vibe from it from my last conversation with her, and I needed her to get over a hurdle, but she could only do that on her own. 
not without me answering questions, constantly pointing at the map and everything else. I needed her to find her way to the next intersection. And lo and behold, when I woke up this morning, um, I found an email from this client that was worded almost word for word exactly the way I expected it to. And I wrote back to her and I said, this is exactly what I was expecting. So I'll see you at 1145. Nice. Yeah, I, I love that kind of work. <laughs> yes. Because I will do something very similar. Um, and usually in conversation, because, you know, my coaching is usually done on the phone and it's in right. conversation. And last week I had a client, a multi-passionate person um, who was struggling to make all her pieces fit into her world. And I posed right. the questions, what if you could? And I was quiet. And she was just like rambling stuff off. And I just sat there, let her listen to it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I can make this work. Aha, we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Um, Because it's for them to see their vision and their dream to to really see how all those pieces fit together. Yes. You know, I'm just here to help them maybe pose a question, but really I'm sitting and listening and then going, okay, now what? And then I quiet down. (laughs) Precisely. Which which can scare them, and then they don't know what to say or do, but once you you just hold that space for them, and all of a sudden they're like... (gasps) oh, my gosh, I can make this work. This is what I need to do. Um, and within 24 hours, she had her business cards and her flyers ready, and I'm like, there you go, done. <laughs> so it's sometimes just simple holding that space. Yeah, there's something else, too. You know how uh, what, uh, when your computer is acting up, what is, uh, what is the easy, almost surefire way of making it work right again? I don't know. I don't have that problem. <laughs> Unplug it for a few minutes and plug it in again. Yeah, right. It's, it's the same with humans, whether it's you yourself as the human or the human you're working with. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And it's why I usually take at least one day no social media work. Um, I won't even check my email for 24 hours um, to unplug myself from right. all that tech stuff and that kind of thing, hang out with my kids, go out, do a hike, what have you, because this way, the next day, I can then be re-energized, re-envisioned in my, in my world and feel excited about it. Yeah. Instead of working seven days a week, 18 hours a day, right. and all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't want to do this work anymore. <laughs> right. See, and that, that, and that is how we really get things done in this world. And this is one of the beauties of entrepreneurship. How many times have you called somebody um, who works for a company at their office extension and you get their voicemail and it says, you know, hi, you've reached the desk of Pete Romonico. I'm either on the phone or away from my desk. God, I hate that phrase. (laughs) I used to work in corporate. I refused to say that in my voicemail greeting because – no, it's not that you're on the phone or away from your desk. Uh, nine times out of ten, you're just letting the phone ring. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say, I'm on the phone or away from my desk. Most of the time, I just didn't answer. Right, exactly. And, and I still do that today. Yeah, the reason <laughs> why is because it put me in a reactive position. I'd rather know what they want first because that puts me in a position where I can lead with a solution versus being put in a spot. I, I don't do well when I'm put in a spot. It's why in my business today, all of my calls are pre-scheduled. And, uh, and, you know, if somebody wants to schedule with me, particularly our existing clients, they know that another question that they are not supposed to ask me is, when are you available? They're never supposed to ask me that. Uh, they're supposed to go to my scheduler and tell me when they're available and put themselves in for a mutually available time and then explain what they want. Absolutely. 
I never know what my day looks like. Right. I mean, I have an idea of what my day looks like because I make it happen. But no day is the same. Yesterday, I spent creating art all day because that's what I wanted to do. I didn't feel like writing, so I didn't write. (laughs) So I never know what's going on. And, you know, being a single parent, I may not even be at home unless I know in advance that I'm scheduled. Yeah. Um, and then it's up to me to say, you know what, I have an emergency come up. Sorry, can we reschedule? But yeah. that hardly ever happens at this point anymore. Right. But it's a possibility. That's very true. You just have to, you have to allow yourself flexibility. And I see that with a lot of entrepreneurs who are very strict with their schedule. And I wonder why they're so stressed and frustrated. It's that they're, at 5.30, I need to do this. At 6.30, I need to do this. At 7.30, I need to do this. No, let go of that. Just let go of that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, Peter. That's where he came up with the three-hour thing because I can with fifty to seventy-five percent certainty predict what the next three hours are going to be like. I know where my energy is going to be for the next three hours. I know what's going to be most pressing for the next three hours. I know what I can cover in the next three hours, and I just don't see beyond that. Um, just the, you know, just uh, I think it was uh, Friday. I was uh, on a call with a client and. And they were starting to say, well, okay, well, you know, the next thing we need to do is this, 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 which I already know is two weeks away. And I said, I'm aware of that because you've already said it five times in the past five days. I'm not <laughs> even looking beyond what we're looking to accomplish right now because this is where we are. Yeah, I think people really get stuck in the um, – either they don't know how to move forward or they try to move forward too fast. Yeah. Um, and then there's that whole, how is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? And so we get stuck in the how and are unable to let go because we want, and that's where frustration comes in, is that we want it to happen right now because this world has become so instant gratification oriented yep. that patience really has gone out the window. Oh, my God. And you just, you, you have to allow for it to, um, you know, to emerge fluently um, instead of forcing it and pushing it. Yes, all those things have to happen. But they're not right this very moment, and they're not necessarily tomorrow. You know, when you're preparing a launch specifically, there's things you need to do, sure, but you can plan them. You can even have them done in advance. But you need to not be in that frustration of, oh, my God, it needs to happen right now kind of thing. Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 right. I mean, we um, I mean, we come up with launch schedules and everything, but I, I can't think of a launch schedule that hasn't changed. Right. Well, and that's, that's life, right? Life changes yeah. all the time. Um, I mean, I didn't, when I went back to school for my degree, I didn't expect my son to be diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder and put a monkey ranch in it, but it happened, and that's life. And you just kind of get up the next day, and you're like, all right, now this is my new world. Um, now what do I do? And you just kind of do what you need to do. Yes. Um, what, one of the things that always um, was posed to me is, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right. I just get up and do stuff. I'm an action taker. Like I believe in what I have to give and I believe in my dreams and, and having it all kind of thing. I just take action. Yes. That's how I do it. And so really people explaining how I do it, I don't I can't tell them that. You know, I just do. <laughs> but those people off a little bit because I oh, you do so many things and I'm like, Well, I have a big brain, I call my whiteboard the big brain with all my ideas, thoughts, and dreams on there, and I can see what I need to do. Yeah. And I, and I just kind of do them when they're feel right. to do. Right. You know? That sounds a little cliche but... Yeah, yeah. And as I said, the way, the way, you know, the way I do things, is, you know, because it does require a certain amount of planning. I have the week plan, the day plan, and the three-hour plan. 
Uh, right now, I'm looking at the three-hour plan, and one of those three hours is doing this interview with you. Great. And, 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 and then there's something, there's something I was doing the hour before you, and then there's something that happens one hour after you. Then I, then I shred that piece of paper, pull out another one, and I come up with another three-hour plan, and we do that one, and so on and so forth. And sometimes I do two a day. Sometimes I do three a day. Sometimes uh, I get really inspired, and I do four a day. And I allow that to go as far as it will take me without wearing me out. And you know when to stop when it doesn't feel good anymore. You're like, oh, I need to take a break. You know yeah. when to Precisely. So what we've been doing here, um, you know, for the past 40 uh, minutes here, exactly 40 minutes, believe it or not, uh, to the dot, is we've been kind of laying the groundwork for what you're actually going to share with us today. Because we had to, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, set up the mind frame, set up the mindset, and set up the environment in which we need to exist and thrive in order to accomplish what you're going to have us do. So you've given us some anecdotals, but what is your process or what is your formula for how you overcome your challenges when they're thrown into your life so you can move forward? Um, one of the biggest challenges in moving forward is that self-doubt comes in. Am I good enough? Can I do this work? Am I smart enough? Um, and then fear takes over, right? The self-doubt comes and all of a sudden you have fear. Will people want what I have to offer? Right. Fear of failure, fear of success. It just kind of trickles down like a waterfall. And I keep telling people one of my biggest reasons is my why. And it's not even my kids. <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, you kids are not your why? No, they're going to move out eventually, and they're going to be gone. And I still want to do this work after they've moved on. Right. But remembering your why, creating that vision, and be that through a vision board or a daily journal reminding you of you why you do what you do, um, is honoring your dream, obviously. And then you acknowledge why do you want to do them? What do you have to give? And you validate all the achievements you already done to say, whoa, I've already done this, this, and this. There's no reason I can't do A, B, and C. Yeah. And, right. that, and that's, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. It is. And I, and I think we, and I, I have done this. I had a tremendous amount of fear of success <laughs> because with my own upbringing, statistically foster kids struggle to be successful. Statistically, they end up doing everything but, um, you know, great things. And so I struggle. What if my friends don't like me if all of a sudden I make more money than them? What if my kids think I'm crazy for providing a home for them? <laughs> um, and those are serious, you know, things that help me back in my business. Um, but once I started honoring my own fear, I'm like, you know what? That's ridiculous. My friends, I only, I have a very few selective friends. They're right. still gonna like me. They are my biggest cheerleaders and my biggest supporter in what I do. That no matter no matter how much money I make in my business, they're still gonna like me for who I am. Right. And, and so just knowing those pieces about yourself, it's really how you can stop your fear of success. Yes. Um, you know, I for the longest time, I thought I had to prove my foster parents wrong. I don't even know where they are. Like, I have no connection with that world anymore. And But that little voice in my head that they've ingrained in me for so long was like, I wouldn't be good enough. And I'm like, what the heck? That's not even true because I'm parenting well. I've put myself to school. I have businesses that are doing well. There's no reason I need to prove anybody else. And it comes down to proving to ourselves that we even can do it. 
Yes. And that's where our confidence then comes from, and we are able to um, really face fear. <laughs> and people I have the word fearless, people hate it or love it. Um, because, yes, we all have fear, but I like to think that I'm fearless because I take action to move through those fears. Um, and so getting it up and doing it anyway will usually help you feel confident. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what that doubt was about because I just did that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right, right. right. I, I, just another thing that pulls people back um, and gets them stuck in their sob stories or they're uh, waiting for their aha moment. Is, and I think another fear is, uh, and you kind of hit it, is what if people don't like me? Well, let me share with you with uh, one of my own business mentors shared with me the very day that I left my corporate job and became an entrepreneur full-time, September 2nd, 2005. And uh, what he had me do was take a snapshot of what my, of what my life looks like. Uh, who are my friends? Where do I hang out with? Uh, you know, what, what, what is my day-to-day? And then make an appointment with him uh, for a phone call on September 2nd, 2006. Now, he forgot about that appointment, but I had it written down on my calendar for a whole year, and I looked forward to it for a whole year. And the point of that was to compare what my life looked like on September 2nd, 2006 to what it looked like on September 2nd, 2005. The point being is that my circle of friends was going to uh, likely undergo a radical change. I was probably going to have a couple people violently lash out at me, and I was probably going to lose a couple family members. And oh, absolutely. If he, if he wasn't absolutely correct about that, and, uh, you know, we have limited time here, uh, so, you know, it's not enough time for me to go into every single instance of how things changed, but what it really came down to is, and this is something that, you know, helps people get past their sob stories or get past their, their hesitancy about taking action. The reality is, is that when you start changing and you stop fitting those other people's expectations of what they need you to be, they will not move with you, and you will just simply move past them in a different direction. Oh, absolutely. And I've left a very long-term relationship because of that. I was moving, growing, evolving, whatever, right? and moved from that, and the relationship no longer fit. And it was heartbreaking at one part, but freeing at the other side because I became who I needed to be for me, not for what the world expected me to be. Yep, yep. I've had, I've had friendships that uh, no longer made sense, and, uh, and, and there really no, were no cases where there was this you know, big moment like in the movies where you have the big showdown and you both tell each other to go <laughs> F yourselves or anything like that. It's just, a matter, it's just a matter of you end up going in a different direction. Yeah, and well, yeah. as you you know, you evolve and grow and as you let go of friends and family, you making room for new. Right. <laughs> and those are always exciting. New friends, who doesn't like that? You don't know who you connect with and who you click with as far as personal friendship or even business adventures. Like they could there's so much still out there by letting go of what's holding you back or putting you down in a way. You're making room for all that new exciting stuff and that's that's life, right? Because that's giving adventure and like, just being in the moment. Yes, and that is one of the most that is one of the most powerful places you can be is in the moment of your success. So, Peter, what is it about you that drives you? I mean, what keeps you moving forward? Um, 
I, I do have a sob story, but oh uh, well, well, um, well, you're allowed. You're allowed one. You've been you've been uh, princess positivity for the whole forty three minutes, so we're gonna let you have a sob story. Uh, but really, um, my my expertise not expertise, but one of my gifts is when I talk to people about what they want to create, one what they want, what they dream about that keeps them awake, of wanting to make it happen. Is I can see the big vision in the end. Um, and so when they share with me of what they want to do, I don't really focus on the how. And so I think, but I can see that big picture of like, yeah, I can see you living in that house and I can see you having those business and that business and creating passive income from that way. I see that bigger picture and then help them, you know, take the action. That really lights me up. Like I become like a firecracker <laughs> where I'm like, yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're seeing the picture and now you're taking action. Um, because that's what really has guided me through my own life. Um, and I was, that was 10 years ago. And right. I started my art business um, not knowing how to do it. But when I sold that first piece of art, I'm like, oh, my God, people want my art. That's exciting. Yeah. And so I created more art, right? And people still buy my art. And that still keeps me excited because wood burning, there's such a small world for that. And people still enjoy it. And like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It floats my ego a little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> But then when my son was diagnosed with this rare genetic disorder and underwent um, several liver transplants and being critically ill, I was like, yeah, what the heck am I doing with my life? Like, what are you doing? You're just kind of sitting around home doing nothing, even though I was creating this beautiful art. There was much more I felt I had to give to the world and wanting to do in this world. And that's really belief that you can have the cake and eat it, um, even though people told me that I can't. <laughs> and I'm like, watch me, boom. And that's what lights me up about me is that I go after what I want. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. And this is what I try and share with people so often. We spent so much time um, today going through what may have felt like tangents, but they were really built up to where we needed to be. And uh, if you could just tell us a little bit more about, and just, you know, as we start to bring things together in our last few minutes together, you know, how all this helps you support others on their journey. Well, one of my biggest things is to work on my own mindset, and I do that every day. Um, if yeah. there's a fear that comes up or a self-doubt comes up, I journal about it. I have writing journals, art journals, what have you. Um, so I do my own process with that, um, figuring out where that's all coming from and why that even exists. And I take a break. That has been one of my big things is to um, just take a break, go for a walk, go for a run, go meditate, go swimming. I don't know, whatever it is, do that. Um, because that shifts your energy and that shifts the stagnation and the fear that you've been in. And all of a sudden you're coming back going, oh, I can do this, this, and this. And I get my best inspiration when I'm running, right. crazily enough. So, I, I, of course, I'm going to go running because I know that's when my ideas are coming in. Some people like their shower. That's when they get the best ideas. Um, and that's when I get frustrated, that's what I do. I go for a run and I just kind of hit the pavement and let it all out and allow the new stuff to come in. Yeah. That's and when I come back, there's a to-do list or action list, as I like to call. I write down everything that came to me, and I start doing actions. That's great. That and see, that is what you know. I really another thing I really wanted to bring out during our time here together. There's one other phrase that came to mind that sort of resonated with me while you were saying that. Have you ever heard? And I'm sure you have heard people say. But we've always done it that way. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, so I, I used to really just 
just to give me high hearing that. And when I used to work in corporate, especially, I don't hear that quite as much in the entrepreneurial space, but in corporate, I'd hear that all the time. Uh, and it, it was almost uniformly said by some of the most undynamic people you would ever meet in your life. Uh, it's so funny that you bring that up. I'm actually the president for our local chamber, and I'm rocking the boat left and right because yes. I'm bringing the structure back. You know, there's a board where everything needs to be approved, that kind of thing, and people have just been doing whatever it is they want, but it's always been done that way. And no wonder the chamber is not working because you're not following whatever the board has written, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, you have to have a different perspective. If something isn't working for you, you need to talk to somebody else. I will yeah. elicit my best friend all the time. I'm like, hey, I'm stuck. This is what's going on. What's your feedback? Boom. And I get a different perspective. Or I network in groups saying, hey, I'm struggling with this right now. Any ideas? Yeah. And I get a gazillion ideas of how to overcome that. You know, plenty of offers to jump on a call with them right. and what have you. Once you allow yourself to have a different perspective, um, you're opening your mind, right? And when we open our mind, we open our brain kind of thing. And I... One of the gifts that I have, I can see a hexagon from all sides visually and see those different perspectives coming in to where I'm putting myself in my shoes and somebody else's shoes and then even a third party or what have you, how that's going to impact overall. Yeah. And what, when you have that opportunity to see all those different sides, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't think about it this way. Let's try it. Exactly. I would like I'd like to leave us with a shocker before we turn things over to you for just a minute to share with the uh, audience how you can help. There's one thing I want to leave with us today, and this may even uh, you know raise your hair up a little bit. Here's what I say today when somebody gives me the well, that's how we've all, we've always done it, Lynn. I say, oh, so you're opposed to gay marriage? They say, what? What? Where, where are you getting that? I said, well, well, there was a time when. We said that we can't let gay people marry because the way we've always done it is that only a man and a woman can get married. So because, you know, by your logic of we need to keep doing it this way because that's the way we've always done it, uh, don't we kind of need to, like, reverse that Supreme Court decision and take away all the gay marriage licenses and tell them to go to reorientation therapy? Isn't that what we need because that's the way we always did it? Yeah, I agree. I think we need to just open our minds. And I, I'm all about believing people what they want to believe, and that's yeah. great. But there's better ways to be harmonious, if you will, um, to still get along with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yes, you can have your views, but you don't have to push them down my throat. Right. And I can still love you, even though you have those harsh views. I, I don't hold that against anybody. That's whatever. But I agree. Actually, actually, I don't. Actually, I don't. Uh, I don't oppose gay marriage at all. I never did. I ever no. since I, ever since I was a child, I've always believed that the less we get into other people's business and try and tell them what to do, the more stress and the more acrimony we're going to have in this world. Um, I want to be with women, so I'll go be with women. Don't, don't you know? Don't question me on it, and don't make me justified because I'm not going to expect you to do it either. Uh, I believe that uh, to each their own, and let's all, you know, let's stay out of it as much as possible and let, pe let people live their lives. But when we talk about things that we need to keep doing because that's the way we've always done it, I mean, we could also go into marriages between people of different ethnicities and different races. Up until the 1960s, that was illegal in most parts of the United States. Right. And, and at some point, people could have said, no, this black person will not marry this white person because we've always done it where only people of the same race can marry each other. 
Right, and I grew up in Germany, which is a very different culture. Yes. Uh, it's more open. I There's less taboo about all these different topics. So I didn't even grow up with any of those mindsets. Like, I've always been very accepting of people. That is the culture I grew up in, is to be accepting of each other, no matter your race, religious belief, or sexual orientation. <laughs> and so I can't even fathom in my own mind how some of that even comes up because I yeah. don't know it. I, you know, I can see it, but I don't, I don't have the experience. I was I was unfortunately raised around it. Um, when I even when I was um, even you know when I was very young and I still thought that girls had cooties and I had aspirations of the priesthood. I had people in my own family saying, "You ever bring a black girl around and I don't know you?" And I'm thinking, "What? I'm not going to bring any girl around. Girl, girls are yucky. I don't want any." <laughs> right. Right. So what we have to be aware of, and this is where I want to leave this, because I want to give the audience something to think about, is what types of social programming have up until now influenced you in ways that have led you to hide behind sob stories or wait for aha moments rather than being in your presence and living at the intersection of your brilliance and passion. I just gave you a couple things to think about. The what have we always done up until now and what are some things that were said to us that we might have even forgotten about until somebody brings it up? It's possible that me telling that story just now about what adults said to me back when I thought girls still had goodies might trigger somebody who's listening. And if so, good. Because it may lead you to realize that something people have been telling you your whole life has been stopping you from getting the most out of your present reality and your future reality. Right, and one of the things I was just writing about it this morning is we all have experiences. We all can relate to those experiences maybe, being loved, being hurt, being prejudiced against, but we can never feel what the other person is feeling. We can emphasize and kind of get the picture, but our own feelings are that, and that's what makes us different in this world, and we shouldn't allow to stop us from moving forward and creating our dreams. Yep. Just because my experience as a foster kid was one way, somebody else may have had a worse or happier experience. It's not for me to judge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Peter Monaco, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. What I'd like to do is just 30 seconds, uh, turn the floor over to you and share with our audience how they can get in touch with you and how you can help them. I imagine there's some people out there who are on the edge of their seat waiting to take action at the next level. Right. So I'm a transformational life and business coach, and right. I help people turn their dreams into reality. Um, they can find me at petromonaco.com. Um, I'm on Facebook under the same name, Petromonaco. <laughs> and I help create a plan and take strategies and work through your mindset that stops you from moving forward. That's fantastic. And what's also really cool is you have a name that not a lot of other people have. Um, I have that as an asset myself. It was such a detriment when I was growing up, but it, you know, but these, this day and age, it's an absolute asset. So uh, you're very easy to find. I've looked you up myself, and I encourage everybody to do the same. Once again, Pete Romonico, thank you very much for being with us. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you for having me. All right. This is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business.